0: Hello, and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companion today is Tom Cole, drummer of rock band Fontaine's DC, whose album Skinty Fear went to number one on the Irish and British charts in 2022. The interview took place in Tokyo one week after the band won Best International Group at the Brit Awards in February 2023, and was first broadcast across Japan on my Inter-FM radio show. For copyright, the music has been edited. Enjoy the journey. It is wonderful to welcome on board Tom from Fontaines DC. Hello. How are you doing? Are you well? I'm very, very well. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. All good, all good. I'm having a, having a great time here. It's been amazing. Welcome to Japan. How has Japan been treating you?
1: It's been great, yeah. It's kind of, um, yeah, it's one of those things that uh, I think as a band, you kind of build it up coming here so much. Uh, and it really didn't disappoint. It's, it's, it's such a different world. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing, honestly.
0: That is great to hear. And I know so many people, so many artists I interview, Japan is always on their list of one of the countries they must go to one day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, yeah, I don't know, I think... Um, I think when you start a band, when you're a bit younger, you kind of always dream of playing here. And yeah, it's kind of it's kind of an amazing thing to
0: have done, you know. Great. Well, we can talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But first of all, it's a Sunday here in Japan, the day we're recording this. Exactly one week ago at the O2 Arena in London, Fontaine's D.C., get the award for best international group congratulations thank you so much yeah yeah um, we, you, you weren't there though for the actual ceremony were you
1: no we were actually uh we were actually flying from melbourne to perth so when the ceremony was on it was like 8 a.m in the morning and we were in in the uh, airport flying to perth which was wow. a little bit uh, a little bit of an anticlimactic <laughs> uh, awards experience but uh, Carlos w- was there on our behalf, and by all uh, accounts he had a great night. You know?
0: I'll bet. I, d- I did see actually well, what I did see. It looked like a very, very boozy affair at the O2 Arena this year. So. It
1: seemed yeah. to have been, Yeah, I kind of missed out. I think to be honest.
0: <laughs> have you celebrated though in the last week?
1: Uh, yeah, it's been well. I, I, yeah, I suppose it's been kind of it's been a kind of a weird one in, in that we've been so far away and we've been on tour kind of for the last year. So I think over the next
0: few days this will be our kind of. <laughs> Celebration, kind of slow down time and we can kind of take stock of it a little bit, you know? Right, right, right. You've been nominated and have received all sorts of interesting awards. The one I love, NME Award for Best Band in the World doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, that was a mad one in fairness. Yeah, Uh, yeah, quite a a, uh, obnoxious award title for sure. (laughs) (laughs) How do you and how do the band feel about awards? Do you take them seriously? I mean, obviously it's great news.
1: Yeah, I think when we were starting as a band we got nominated for lots of stuff and we didn't win it and I think that kind of it kind of put a bit of an importance on our own validation rather than the validation it gives you winning awards. You know, I feel like it's nice. It's obviously a really nice thing to get and get nominated for stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you place too much importance on that kind of stuff, you'll you'll kind of end up compromising your art really you know Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's good to not put importance on it
0: you said you've been touring for what six months It's amazing i mean how you're feeling this is you've come into the the end of the tour now i believe here in japan
1: yes yeah so we've been touring kind of constantly for the last year actually from from last march so we've done something like 150 shows in the last like 11 months so uh yeah this is the last show for six months we can, can kind of take stock and take a break and yeah are you going to get home and wake up one morning
0: and go oh now what do i do
1: yeah i think uh, i think uh, existential crisis is very much
0: <laughs> incoming so
1: we'll see how that goes
0: <laughs> as a band as a musician is being on the stage are other shows the best thing for you
1: yeah i think i think yeah i think sometimes i don't know when you're touring europe and you're touring america it can become kind of something that you've done a lot and it's kind of it, the travel element of it can become quite taxing you know but yeah, it's important to just... When you're on stage for that 70 minutes during the day, that's when everything is great, you know? So you kind of... Yeah, it's kind of living
0: for that hour and a half, you know? <laughs> well, you say you've got a few months off, and then, jeep, as you go back on the road to the US together with Arctic Monkeys, a massive tour across all of the, the US.
1: Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, that's kind of me as a teenager was would have kind of freaked out about it, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's going to be really exciting. It's kind of like... I don't think we've ever played shows that big, you know? So it's going to be a big learning curve to kind of like, you know, try and fill an arena. You know, we've never really done that before, so it's really
0: exciting. (laughs) That's next on your agenda then. Well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll (laughs) suss it out. Looks like you're getting there. Yeah. (laughs) You're a drummer, you obviously have rhythm in your soul. Are you a dancer? I'm not a dancer. I'm actually
1: the worst dancer in the world. Proper, like dad moves, you no, know? Maybe. Yeah. So it's probably a
0: good thing you buy the kit. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to see me dancing at all. How did you and the drums come together? And I always ask musicians in particular this did something or someone come into your early life that got you on this road?
1: Yeah, I think, I I don't know, I kind of grew up in quite a a um, a musical family, but my dad was kind of into, like, a lot of, like, traditional Irish music, so I would have grown up in a household with a lot of, like, trad and folk music, and that would have been my first kind of love, you know? Mm. And then, yeah, I just started playing fiddle and, like, traditional Irish music, and I was really, really bad at it. (laughs) Uh, But I got a drum kit off Santa for Christmas, so, when I was, like, 11, and that really set me on on the whole rut, uh, Did you ask
0: Santa hat. for that, Tara?
1: I did, yeah, yeah, yeah I did, yeah. Oh, I, was I was buzzing, I was buzzing, yeah, yeah. I got it and
0: everything. That is brilliant, <laughs> I love that. And uh, no looking back since then?
1: Not really, no, no, I kind of, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where I got really obsessed with it as a, as a teenager and I kind of t- taught myself up until
0: a certain point. And, yeah, it's been, it's been my life, thankfully. As a drummer? how do you communicate through your music? Do you think about how you communicate? Obviously the band do it with the words and the writing and the poetry and, and live shows or audiences in front of you because I don't get to interview many drummers to be yeah. honest. So how do you think you communicate to your audience? Uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of um,
1: drumming is quite a primal thing and a kind of I don't know, I feel like people who don't necessarily take on music in a very like, uh, conscious way, everyone kind of reacts to rhythm. It's like it's a, it's, a, it's a really magical thing, you know? Each of our albums have tried to like, have a certain influencer style, you know? So it's what I do, and I think it's kind of quite universal, you know?
0: I guess every single culture has drum. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's, like Irish traditional music is what I kind of grew up with, but like there's, there's, there's so much like Asian music as well that's yeah. kind of like um, taiko drumming and all that. And I was going to say, you're in the right country yeah. for drums. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, yeah, so
0: yeah, yeah each, each each culture has its own thing, you know, which is really, it's really interesting, you know. Have you ever been to a Japanese festival of Matsuri or seen, you know, the huge taiko drums performed live?
1: This is a bit of lame now. In fairness, this is. Uh, but I was in. I don't know. I was at uh, Disneyland when I was like twelve. But I seen like a Taiko drumming performance there, and it blew me away. It was absolutely insane. But then again, it was in Disneyland, so I want to go see something
0: a little bit more authentic, you know? (laughs) Well, there's a lot of sweat and a lot of muscle involved, I think, so... Yeah, 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 100%. (laughs) You mentioned Ireland and the Irish music you grew up with at home and the latest album of Fontaine's DC is now, I hope I get this right, Skinty Fear. Is that the correct pronunciation? That's it, yeah, that's it. There's a personal story about this, I believe. I read that... It's a saying from a relative. Yeah, it is. So it's kind of... um, So it's my dad's uh, dad's
1: aunt, so I don't know what that makes her to me. Probably my great aunt. Yeah. Yeah. It was a phrase that she used. It's kind of... um, it's a very kind of colloquial northwest of Ireland phrase. It's a kind of a, a Irish translation that translates to roughly as the, the uh, damnation of the deer. So I thought that was like an amazing poetic kind of expletive, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, yeah, it's like a curse word, which is...
0: So it is a curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that a cuss as well? It's a
1: cuss it? more than a curse, okay, I suppose, right. yeah, yeah. I'm
0: thinking the damnation of the deer. So what situation can you use this expression
1: I don't know. I could, I, I'm not sure if it can curse here, but it's, uh, <laughs> if you drop something or you, you know, it's like it's, it's oh, kind of like bugger or a damn. Yeah, or yeah. Americans might say shoot
0: or something like right, that. Right, you know, right. you know okay. that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And there is a deer on the cover of the album too.
1: There is, yeah. There is, yeah, yeah. I think I think it kind of tied into the, a lot of the team uh, of the album was kind of us kind of leaving Ireland and there's a kind of a famous thing in Ireland it's a it's the uh, great Irish deer that went extinct like maybe a couple of hundred years ago so I think that kind of tied into the whole theme of the album of kind of displacement and kind of Irish culture kind of
0: looking at it from a different lens you know being away. And I think Ireland has one of the the greatest diaspora of, mm. of people around the world I mean yeah. there's probably more Irish people outside the Ireland than there are in Ireland yeah. it's, it's quite amazing but um you talk about that sort of disappearing culture do you see Irish culture or Celtic culture disappearing or being diluted? Really difficult
1: question. I don't know, I feel like I've got such a love for Irish culture and traditional Irish music is something that I'm really, really passionate about and really like, that's, you know, that's my thing, you know? In terms of that side of it, not really. I feel like there's a lot of of Irish music and Irish kind of literature that really at the forefront of things now, and it's amazing. But kind of life in Ireland is kind of um, probably the same in a lot of places, but it's just becoming so expensive and homogenized. Yeah, a lot of big tech has come into Dublin and it's kind of sad. I feel like a lot of the cultural institutions of the, of the city are kind of getting shut down and turned into hotels. So that's kind of a difficult thing to watch,
0: you know. St. Patrick's Day is just around the corner as we speak. How do you feel about St. Patrick's Day and how it's celebrated around the world?
1: Uh, St. Patrick's Day is great, man. Yeah,
0: it's great. <laughs> okay, <good>. You're smiling. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it's funny. I think it's it's quite a big thing for Irish people. Each kind of each uh, each local town has their own like St. Patrick's Day parade, and it's kind of a day. It's like a national holiday, you know. So it's quite an important thing. But it's funny if you go and watch St. Patrick's Day celebrations in other countries. That kind of warpedness of Irish culture <laughs> that's kind of all about leprechauns and all about like you know. Uh, green beer yeah kind of like Americanized.
0: it's, uh, it's quite funny it's quite <laughs> funny ashamedly I've never been to Ireland so I must go sometime my mum went she absolutely loved the people she absolutely loved the countryside but for any of your Japanese fans or friends around the world if they go to Ireland where should we go do you have a recommended spot or place
1: definitely go to Dublin there's kind of the best pubs in the world yes. so go and get a pint of Guinness <laughs> in a, in a yeah. Dublin pub and if you can get the train to uh, Galway It's this amazing city on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really tiny little town, but it's beautiful, you know, on the um, Atlantic Ocean. And the people from the West Coast are the best, for sure.
0: (laughs) And that's what I want to see, you know, with obviously extremely friendly people... That green, green countryside and then the amazing coastlines on yeah. the Atlantic must be spectacular. Yeah,
1: it is. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of like grew up north of Galway in a place called Mayo. So I feel like when you grow up somewhere like that, you don't really notice it until you kind of go away and you come back. But it is, it is gorgeous, you know, you know.
0: And I believe Dublin has a pretty healthy live music scene is that right?
1: It does yeah yeah I don't know I've like I I haven't uh, lived there in, in two or three years now but yeah it's amazing man there's great little pubs great little clubs uh, there's a place called the uh, Workmen's Club oh. that's where we uh, we kind of like cut our teeth as a band for sure so right. yeah if you're in Dublin and you're looking for some live music go to the Workman's, for sure
0: it's on the list. Yeah <laughs> thanks for the tip. There you go. <laughs> Being Irish, and of course, you have also mentioned the music, the poetry and the literature in, yeah. in the culture. And it's, you know, seeped in the Irish people, I think, too. Mm. And of course, what's so interesting about Fontaine's DC is you all met, you release poetry before you release music. Do you all still love the poetry? Is that another binding part of the group? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know. I think personally, I've kind of I've kind of gone away from
1: writing poetry myself I feel like I wasn't very good at it but yeah I think that was a very important time in our lives we were all studying music in college you know so I think doing the doing the poetry thing kind of we were surrounded by so many amazing musicians and we didn't feel like we had our own thing that was ours um, at the time I think it was a very important thing for us at that point in our lives but personally I've kind of stepped away from poetry a little bit I'm more into
0: I'm more into music right now you know I always ask musicians about the power of music you do what I can't do you make music you create the soundtrack to our lives how about for you do you turn to music in great moments in difficult times in life
1: yeah big time I suppose yeah it does kind of soundtrack everything I do you know and I feel like every every feeling or every emotion I have during the day there's a kind of there's an album for it, you know. <laughs> which is which is an amazing thing, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. In reverse, do you think about making music too when you're in that situation?
1: Um no, I don't think so. I, th- I think personally, I, I I kind of like compartmentalise it because I feel like a lot of people, uh, they make music, their job, they kind of fall out of love with it. And I never want that to happen for me. So I kind of, I, I treat making music and enjoying music in very separate kind of parts of my brain.
0: Good advice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Is there one favourite piece of music or an artist that you can share with us that you couldn't live without?
1: Uh, oh God, I don't know. There's so many. Um... What am I listening to now? I don't know, I'm listening to a lot of kind of uh, Latin music, Buena Vista Social Club or my like new thing at the minute. There's this guy called uh, Jorge Ben as well, he's kind of like a samba, kind of like um, guitar player he's amazing so I think it changes every week though man
0: I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say what what I couldn't live without you know well there's one more thing I have to ask you too we're going to go on a bit of a journey now a bit like Desert Island disc you get yeah. your passport credit card and your mobile device what's one thing you'd have to take with you too?
1: can I say a drum kit yeah well, I'd probably bring a drum kit yeah yeah that'd be like endless hours
0: endless hours <laughs> so you're not going to take your drum kit though uh,
1: I don't know probably yeah
0: I probably would yeah <laughs> right. but that'd be my thing to take too. Desert Island for sure. <laughs> Back in Japan, is there something about Japan that you have discovered or is there something about j- tangible or intangible? Is there something here that you're like, wow, I wish the whole world knew about this. Is there something you'd like to share with the, the
1: world? I think, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a culture shock coming here. It's it's so similar but so different in, in, and it's kind of, it's hard to pinpoint what what is different about Japan than the rest of the world, you know. I don't know, I think the people are just so amazing. That's one thing I've really noticed, that everyone takes such pride in what they do and I think everyone's so welcoming and accommodating that I feel like if the rest of the world was like that, it'd be a really nice place, you know? <laughs> here, here. Yeah, great.
0: yeah. Well, we're all very much looking forward to you coming back again to do more shows after the album going to number one in Ireland and the UK. That must've been great for you all too. Mm, that was wild,
1: yeah, that was really wild. It was kind of like something that we never expected happening. So we were in New York at the time and that was like a really a really special moment. You You're know? always
0: somewhere else when all these things happen. I
1: know, That's the yeah, that's the thing about touring. You can never experience it at home really so I'm
0: really looking forward to the break and taking stock of the year you know on your journey back home you can have one travel companion who would you love to sit down and have a conversation with either someone from history who's no longer with us or someone around today
1: Oh God. Um I don't know. That's such an interesting question. Colin Farrell would be good. Oh. I'm a big I'm a big Colin Farrell <laughs> fan. I
0: say I'd say a flight with Colin Farrell would be good crack, you know. <laughs> all right, oh, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> and your drum kit too. So. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Tom I've had such a joy having a chat with you. Congratulations on all the successes recently. Thanks to the live show in Tokyo. I know tons of fans here are really looking forward to you coming back, and obviously you're gonna get loads more fans in Japan. So can't wait to see you again. Thank you so much for today though. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yay. Yeah. And thank you for joining us today. For more interviews and information, please go to guyperryman.com.